Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. At the Coca-Cola Company, Keurig Dr. Pepper, and PepsiCo, our bottles might still look the same, but some of them can be remade in a whole new way. Using 100% recycled plastic. New bottles made using no new plastic except the caps and labels. You'll be seeing more of these new bottles in more places, and that's thanks to you. Because when we get more bottles back, we can use less new plastic. Learn how our bottles are made to be remade at madetoberemade.org. Okay, before we bring in the goth ninjas, let's talk about our Amazon link for the holidays at bobsuska.com. Whether you're shopping for yourself or if you're buying music by one of our excellent indie bands, or if you're just getting a jump on your holiday shopping without leaving your house, don't forget to use our Amazon link just beneath the logo at bobsuska.com. Our special link will take you to the front page of amazon.com where you can go shopping until you're dropping, and by doing so through our link, we receive a teeny tiny commission on some of your purchases. Thank you for shopping through our Amazon link, and now let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Bernie! 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 Ooh, is that pixie dust on your shoulder? You're so magical. No, no, it's cracker crumbs. <laughs> You're the only one who understands me. We're so similar. No, we're not. <laughs> Don, let me say this. And when I say that, what I mean is, I'm going to say something. Mr. President, respectfully, you are doing a terrible job. And I would like to drive that point home by doing a desk piece on your show, where I offer you a counterpoint to your presidency. I call it, wait for it, counterpoint. Excuse me. Counterpoint. Excuse me. Counterpoint. My desk, my show. So we're just going to call it counterpoint. Excuse me. Point. You leaked classified information to the Russians, you putz. Look at me. I never leaked anything more than a little Russian dressing off the side of my mouth now and then. Excuse me. Excuse me. What do you want? I'm the president, and if I said it, it's declassified. I declassify everything I touch. The White House used to be super classy, but now totally declassified. Look, Donald, I gotta get out of here. I got a very exciting revote on the reappropriation of last year's continuing resolution of the previous year's omnibus budgetary appropriation for the fiscal year prior to that. I got goosebumps just thinking about it. Classic Bernie. Great. Knowing things and caring about them. Bob Seska. Bob Seska. You really are sick. The Bob Seska Show. <laughs> the great James Adomian and the even greater Tony Atamanik. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, November 7, 2019, and this is the Bob Seska Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. It's the greatest damn soap ever. Hi, what's up? What's happening? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 1022 of the Trump crisis, day 45 of the impeachment of Donald Trump, 361 days until the 2020 presidential election, and let's bring in the goth ninjas. How about that, huh? It is Jody Hamilton from the From the Bunker podcast on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network from dash the dash bunker.com, also sexyliberal.com, and T Rex David Ferguson from the T Rex Report podcast, patreon.com slash the T Rex Report. Welcome to both of you. Thank you for joining us today, as always, on our uh, weird Thursday. So my name's Eric. I'm Eric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a stupid Eric Trump thing of the week uh, coming up, but it's not going to be on the free oh, portion goody. of the show. You have to go to our Patreon page at bobseskashow.com and subscribe for at least $5 a month, and then you get the postmortem show, which is just us continuing to talk after we're done here with the main portion of for the like show. For like three hours. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and uh, and that 
that was a really long explanation. I just just occurred to me. It's now Memorial Day. And I think okay. you're planning ahead for like very like you're very optimistic that we're gonna you know get we're gonna remember by the postmortem show to talk about Eric Trump. Like, yeah, that's, that's right. true. Well, I he, do. He has high hopes. I have it written down. It's at the top of my list for the postmortem show. Like I feel terrible because last time on on Tuesday's show I said we were gonna talk about that Tom Steyer thing with Kamala Harris in South Carolina. Right. And we never got to it on the postmortem show. And I got lots of angry comments and emails saying, why did you not talk about this? God damn you to hell. Uh, but yeah, I apologize for that. So we'll get to that today, too. I think maybe my fingers are crossed. But first, I wanted to get uh, both of your uh, reactions to the uh, election night on Tuesday night. It was a big day. It was a big night, I think, for the Democratic Party. Terrible night for Donald Trump, which makes it even, even more delicious, I think. That uh, moment from the rally where he's like, don't let this happen to me. Yeah, I know. In fact, you know, I know. And then he's like, it had nothing to do with me. Dude, I saw you last night. <laughs> exactly right. You know what? Do you want to hear that clip? Do you want to hear? Yes, uh, please. They're sending that big message to the rest of the country. It's so important. You got to get your friends. You got to vote. Because if you lose, it sends a really bad message. It just sends a bad. <laughs> and they will build it up. Here's the story. If you win, they're going to make it like ho-hum. And if you lose, they're going to say Trump <laughs> suffered the greatest defeat in the history of the world. Yeah. This was the greatest. You can't let that happen to me. <laughs> the only way to hear that is as Tiny Trump, right? You can't let that happen to me. Yeah, uh, you know I what? Think here's... Tiny Trump is, our, is probably your most brilliant and enduring contribution to society. <laughs> yeah, Mr. that's right. I Everyone mean, it just, it makes loves it so it. much better. But I mean, here's the thing about that clip. This is the Republican president begging for people to elect someone who is not him in right. the deeply red state of Kentucky of all places. And then he walks away after Tuesday going, Hey, I wasn't so bad. <laughs> like, right. Oh my God. How delusional can you be? This is like Donald Trump is like the well, worst. Well, that's like that Gorka thing of that. Never admitting that it's de- trying to, when you are defeated, look victorious. When you are near, appear far. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Yeah, Gorka's analysis, I'm sure, was brilliant. I haven't heard it yet. I haven't heard Gorka talk about it. Oh, I was just saying, this is like his his thing he was saying even way back at the beginning. Oh, I see. Okay. And Steve Bannon, too, like, never admit defeat. Try to spin everything as victory. Yeah. But also, you know, Donald Trump making it all about him, too. Like, this has nothing to do with making sure we retain the governor's mansion with Matt Bevan, who's nothing but a Trump cosplayer, Trump clone. Right. But it's about him. It's about Donald Trump. Trump. It's like, don't do this to me. <laughs> and he's not even running. He's not even running. But right. he's, uh, you know, he's obviously spreading his virus, his taint all around the, the country. With, Stop. With, with My retina. These, I'm sorry. With the, I know it's not pleasant to think about the president's taint. But uh, <laughs> nevertheless, he this is. This reminds me of when. Um, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, he's just scooting his taint all over the place. And Matt Bevan Ew. is one of the uh, skid marks left behind by him <laughs> scooting his taint. <laughs> Yeah. It just—it reminds me of when Gianni Versace was murdered, and like all the supermodels were like, "This has been a terrible thing for me." <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm in despair for the state of Mitch McConnell's depends right now <laughs> because. Uh-huh. Yeah, Democrats just turned Kentucky blue. Yeah. Um, and but, uh, okay, what's going to happen? Because the legislature in Kentucky is threatening to overturn the election. Yeah, now, right, I think that's right. bad on their part because then I think more Democrats in Kentucky will get out to vote even more in 2020 than they might have to begin with. Yeah. I think it would be bad. I think Mitch McConnell's calling them going, don't do this to me or don't mm-hmm. do this to me. Don't, don't do, do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Or I'm going to um, hump that crock right over there. Because I mean, be he's, it. he's got the same popularity as Bevan. And that's the problem where Matt Bevan's behavior as Donald Trump, as a Donald Trump clone, is why he was at 32% in exactly. his approval polling. And that's why he lost this election in a deeply red state, because he was acting like Donald Trump. And now this move to behave with the same sort of Trumpian sore loserism is exactly why Matt Bevan was unpopular in the first place. And here he keeps, now he's doubling down 
on the Trumpism, refusing to accept defeat. I mean, it wasn't like it was a thousand uh, votes here or there. This is a 5,000 vote margin. My question about conceding an election, once it's certified, who cares if you concede? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. It doesn't even you can, matter. You can refuse to concede all the way to the poor. I mean, just, All the way until yeah. they take you out of the governor's mansion in handcuffs. I yeah. mean, people saying that, that if Trump doesn't concede... I don't care. As soon as the next person is sworn in, mm-hmm. Secret Service goes and arrests the man. I can't wait for that. <laughs> That's right. There'll be a weird conflict. On January 20th, 2021, after the new president is sworn in, don't get happy. I'm just, I've got my fingers crossed again. Right. Um, but that day will be very interesting if Trump decides not to leave office because then the new president will be knocking at the White House door and Trump will be like, Trump will be like held up in one of the rooms with like a shotgun. Um, uh, sort of, sort of like the warden at the end of Shawshank Redemption. He'll get Just, <laughs> if you, know you break I mean? in, he'll get it. Oh, you know the president gets it. Here's the thing: is is if I'm he just, were impeached, wouldn't Pence be so giddy to go arrest him and take him away? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, you know I what? Genuinely, know. I think Mike Pence wants to be president, and he sure does. He did like an impromptu press gaggle, I believe it was yesterday, where people were asking him about uh, the Zelensky call that he made, uh, yeah. talking to Zelensky about the uh, javelin missiles and the quid pro quo. The, the extortion. I'm trying to change my language now from quid pro quo to extortion. And uh, it was almost like he wanted to say something. He wasn't putting up a fight, which was kind of interesting to watch. I mean, there was nothing particularly notable about the Q&A with Pence, but the main takeaway, I think, was the fact that he didn't say, no, this is fake news. I don't believe any of this. He was kind of, he had like one foot in it in his own Mike Pence kind of way. So I thought that was a a fascinating exchange. And speaking of that, Trump also said, this is at his rally last night in Louisiana. Now that we're visiting with tiny Trump, we want to talk about this too. Trump says (laughs) at his rally in Louisiana last night that the whistleblower is breaking the law and well, basically, he goes on to say that it's an illegal act. What's going on here, huh? which is to me is a big red flag, mm-hmm. you know, because the, the thing that I've been worried about since the very beginning is Donald Trump looking at the various investigations as an attempted coup by the, mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote, deep state. And this is one of those cases where he may actually be framing it along those lines to eventually lead up to perhaps the arrest of some people. I mean, we know Bill Barr's investigating. Who's going to be arrested? I mean, is it going to be one of those uh, pretexts like, oh, we got to go after the plotters of the coup, which is I what Erdogan did. running too far behind the ball at this point. Yeah, he is. You know, that's that's also true. St- they're still setting up an impeachment war room. Yeah. Like, it's just, right. they've, they're completely, like, he's really, and he's he's slipping. Yeah. His feet are coming, his little feet are coming off the pedals. <laughs> and he does know? have um, little teeny tiny feet. I, I was thinking of that when he was doing that trick-or-treating video with Melania, and he put, and he was stupidly putting those candy bars on top of the head of that kid who's dressed like a minion from the Minions movies. And the, and the candy bar just falls off, and then Melania does it too, and the candy bar falls off again, and then Trump, and then the guy, the, Trump just shuffles the kid along, and he doesn't get any candy. Melania half-heartedly tries to put the candy on the on the head of the minion, but she gives up. And then, um, but the point is, is I I saw they're his... like robots, like aliens, like oh, a human child. <laughs> yes, that's right. They're learning how to be. It is human. customary to put candy on their ch- on their heads. Yes, <laughs> no. Um... <laughs> God damn it, that's funny. In this ritual. <laughs> but what my I know- human suit is itching. Yeah, and what I noticed, though, is Donald Trump's little teeny tiny feet, and they're only made more teeny and tinier by the fact that he's got those giant parachute pants or whatever those fucking things that he wears on his legs. Uh, but anyway, so... So Trump is talking about the whistleblower and and threatening arrests, you know, kind of leading his flock toward the concept of going after, you know, dissidents and people who are attempting this coup. Here's tiny Trump talking about all of this. This is last night in Louisiana. But the whistleblower, before they knew I was going to release, he came out with a whistleblower, you know, like he's some wonderful person. Take a look at the whistleblower. But the whistleblower came out with this horrible statement about this call. So I really had no choice. I said immediately, talk about transparency. I said, release it. Release it immediately. And then the whistleblower saw it, and Shifty Shift saw it as a total crook. Shift saw it, Pelosi saw it, and they said, we got a problem. We don't want to have anything to do with it. 
the whistleblower anymore. And- well, now hold on a second. I got to stop what? him there. I got to stop Tiny Trump there. There's a little bit more to the tape, but he said, yeah, when Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi saw the transcript that Donald Trump released, they went, we don't want anything to do with the whistleblower. I mean, that's not true at all. It's of course not true. It's it's insane. This is the fantasy land I'm talking about in my latest salon piece. This is the kind of nonsense that he can so easily inject into their tenderized skulls and without any opposition, without any question whatsoever. So therefore, what he's about to say with regard to Pelosi, Schiff, the whistleblower, et cetera, all engaged in illegal acts well, that I think is is part of that process of of warming up his people into going along with him as he tries to arrest some uh, some actual investigators here. Let's continue on. The whistleblower disappeared. You know who else disappeared? The second whistleblower. And you know who else disappeared? The informer to the whistleblower. If there was such a person, which I doubt. Okay, so this goes back to what T-Rex was just saying with regard to Donald Trump being way behind the curve. I mean, he's... Yeah. What what day are we in the Trump impeachment? Day 45 of the impeachment of Donald Trump, which began about a day after the whistleblower transcript came out. And so Donald Trump is 45 days behind the curve. On top of the whistleblower and the second whistleblower... We already know the names of the other whistleblowers. The names Bill Taylor, Marie Ivanovich, Fiona Hill, George Kent, Colonel Vindman, uh, Michael McKinley. I'm going to just read a couple more here. Laura Cooper. And now Sondland. Yeah, right. Catherine Croft, Sondland, Christopher J. Anderson, Tim Morrison, and the list goes on and on, growing longer by the day. And then starting on Wednesday, we've got the public hearings. But, oh, wait, you know what? I haven't played the illegal part yet of this clip. Let's play the, the part where he threatens uh, that this is uh, these are all illegal acts. I'm going to skip ahead. We go to the Supreme Court, maybe, but they got to <laughs> stop it because we have a country to run. And these people, in order to do things, are willing to do illegal acts. Illegal acts. It's an illegal act as far as I'm concerned. It's an illegal act as far as he can, he's concerned, the Wait, impeachment. I he, think. The sentence, we have a country to run, he didn't finish. He should have said, <laughs> we have a country to run into the ground. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly right. Um, so yeah, so the other lie that he rapidly injected into the skulls of his disciples was that, uh, Matt Bevin was losing by 20 points before what? the Kentucky rally was behind in the polls behind Andy Bashir by 20 points in the polls until Donald Trump showed up in Lexington over the weekend. And that's when. Uh, Matt Bevin rose up to be within a couple of points of Andy Bashir because of Donald Trump's rally. No. <laughs> no, I know. That's not true. I know. Again, completely untrue. Everything is untrue. But this is what half, I don't know, I'm gonna exaggerate too much, but this is what around 40% of uh, American voters believe. Anything that Donald Trump foists at them, they're going to say, well, sure, okay, fine. It was He was down by 20 points. Then he ended up losing only by three points. I guess it was all Donald Trump and his magic. Which now, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, all of these Republican candidates who are running for re-election in next year's bring election. Yeah, I can't imagine any of them saying, yeah, by all means, let's bring in Trump. We want Trump to, again, scoot his taint all over our election, too, because it's, <laughs> it's worked out so well in 2017, 2018, 2019, mm-hmm. all wonderful elections where Trump has expanded his power base. Wrong, wrong, 100%. Wrong. Yeah. Yeah, well, to a certain extent, this is what the Susan Sarandons of the world wanted, you know. Oh, I hate her. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> well, that's a speaking I bet of you it. have a story about her, though. <laughs> I, I almost met her, and she was kind of weird. <laughs> the breaking news, Susan Sarandon's kind of weird. It was really weird. It was really, Why? like, kind of almost, she was, wasn't quite rude, but almost. Because the, the, the surroundings, she knew better than to be rude. Yeah. But uh, had the surroundings been different, mm-hmm. I think she... Uh, would have been rude. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, one of the reasons I played that uh, president show clip at the top of the show today is because I stuck my face into the uh, Democratic primaries for a second this oh, morning. No. Yeah, oh, that no. was uh, probably not a good idea, <laughs> at no, least for my mentions. Uh, but, yeah. you know, all I said was uh, Bernie and Elizabeth Warren need to drop this uh, elimination of private insurance from their Medicare for all plan. <laughs> 
And then, of course, everyone took that to mean I didn't support or I wasn't supporting Medicare for all, which I do support. I just do not support the concept. I'm, I'm all for either Medicare for all or adding the public option to the ACA marketplaces. I think the effect is going to be basically the same, but I'm not into the idea of eliminating private insurance as part of that process because, and this was my reasoning, it is a election killer. We are in right. a, a fight for our lives here. The life of the republic is at stake. And this is something that's going to drive away voters. And it may not even get passed given the right. hurdles that we watched take place that, uh, that Barack Obama had to jump throughout the course of just passing the ACA with a Democratic supermajority in the Senate. My God. And so this... Barely. Basically, for yeah. For a day. So the, <laughs> the sacrifice, the heavy lifting this will require is not worth what the end result will be, which will probably be having to eliminate that as part of the plan when it ultimately well, here, goes to the sausage making. Right? Somebody had an, uh, a very good argument against just adding a public option unless it's super robust and forces doctors to participate in it. Yeah, right. Because what private insurance could do with a public option that would, if done properly, eliminate private insurance over time. Yeah. Um, basically, an insurance company that has all these doctors in network could say, look, I'm going to give you a better payment schedule than the public option is. Because hmm. uh, tomorrow I'm getting a mammogram and the doctor that I go to, all they take is me Medicare. They don't take private insurance, which is interesting to me, which Weird. is fine. Yeah. Um, so I have to pay that out of pocket. Hmm. And it's it's $300 every once a year for me to do that. Because um, my he's out of my network because he doesn't take any private. He only takes Medicare. Yeah. But say it were reversed, it would be like, okay, I only take Blue Shield because they're giving me X amount of dollars for all these patients. Obviously, Medicare is paying him well. Yeah. <clears throat> but See, it's that's because doctors do have a choice on what they accept. A lot of doctors mm -hmm. don't accept insurances that are on the exchange, even though it's still Blue Cross Blue Shield. Yeah. But that's a lower payment schedule to that mm -hmm. particular doctor. I see. So, I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense, too, to require doctors to take require the public Require every option. doctor, every yeah, doctor you, that does general, any cancer doctor, any doctor that you're ever going to have to potentially deal with has to accept the public option. And yeah. that's the only way that's going to work competitively. That's a really great point. And, you know, again, my ultimate concern is in this process that we're already Medicare for all is going to be a lot of heavy lifting because it's a mm -hmm. major change in the system. And knowing what happened with the major, the last major change in the system and how chaotic that was, I feel like the elimination that, as I've been referring to it as a Thanos snap uh, to eliminate all private insurance overnight, I right. guess, or even phased out is going to terrify everybody. I mean, talk about chaos that'll make the rollout of healthcare.gov seem like a walk in the park. I had a discussion with a friend of mine. He goes, well, I really like my insurance. But, and it's like, I think you just like your doctors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, a, and, and I said, well, I, I tolerate mine. I said I was offered an HMO in my same, you mm -hmm. know, but they chose a doctor that was 30 miles from where I live. Yeah, right, right. right. Yeah, and by the way, this is only going to be $50 less a month, so it's not worth it to me. And the other thing that was concerning me as I'm watching my mentions fill up with people going, no, Bob, no. I'm going, look, mm -hmm. if you can't understand a tweet that clearly does not say that I'm against the Medicare for all plan, um, then how the hell are you going to understand major changes in the health insurance system? How are you going to uh, spread the word about that online, discuss it on social media? If you don't understand what I wrote in 280 characters, how are you going to grasp this larger thing? And that was kind of the source of my... Uh, dissatisfaction in, in that process it wasn't so much this the people is why i'm anti-twitter now yeah you know right. i just it's like a shit i mean it's a shithole country basically twitter is a place where people go to shout at the top of their lungs incoherently and misunderstand and <laughs> react and react and react yeah and never like actually read articles that they forward they just react to the headline and, i know well at the very yeah. least i guess you, the best you can say for twitter is it's better than facebook <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like not saying a whole lot. That's that's the only compliment I can really give. It. Yeah, right. Everyone I know like wants to leave Facebook, but we're also it's like the only way that we are connected to some of our friends. It's, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, the thing uh, I was going to say about come the, on MySpace, come on back. <laughs> yeah, MySpace, the, you know, the marketplace policies yeah. here in Georgia is that 
no doctor in town takes the insurance. You have to go like, you know, 30, 50 miles or all the way to Atlanta to see a dentist. You know, it's ridiculous. So um, wait, so the the policies on the marketplace should be standard policies by people like Blue Cross Blue Shield or Kaiser or something like that, right? And doctors aren't taking that insurance? No, they had like a big meeting. Like, you know, doctors are all Republicans anyway, and they had some huge meeting where they agreed <laughs> as a group, and like they were not into town going to take the public policy, the, you know, the, um, the exchange policies. policies yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so you got pretty much... You know, you're sealed out. You have to go out of town to get. And to me, that's like racketeering, is it not? I mean, doesn't that? I just, uh, well, I mean, that was always a problem with insurance. I mean, regardless of the existence of the ACA, that was always a, a private insurance problem where you've got uh, you've got a plan and you're paying into it. And then suddenly you realize as soon as you're sick that, oh, wait, there's no doctors in my neighborhood that actually take this plan. Shit. And so that, I mean, again, another uh, a good argument for requiring doctors to accept the public option. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I can't help it. I just, I'm really into the, the concept of giving people the choice and knowing that the ultimate uh, result of that with the existence of a public option or Medicare for all plan, I think those two things should be pretty much interchangeable. Public option, Medicare as, for all. Yeah. Yeah. As far as the ultimate effect of that. Um, what, what they still have like, private insurance in the UK, don't they? Uh, you can buy into that as yeah. a supplemental. Basically, what 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 a lot of what I think Bernie and and, and Elizabeth Warren would be totally fine with is like, like, look, Medicare for all is the baseline. It covers everything: dental, vision, mm -hmm. uh, mental health care, obviously emergency care, cancer care, whatever it is. It's uh, that's your baseline. If you want a private room in a hospital, you can buy a supplemental insurance yeah. to cover that extra stuff that you may want. Tom Hartman keeps talking about. Well, if you want to have Plastic surgery insurance will cover that. It doesn't cover it now. No, does it? No. Because that's elective surgery, unless it's for like reconstructive surgery, and most insurance will cover that. Yeah. But like for elective, that just doesn't get covered. Tom Hartman needs to learn that because obviously he hasn't had any, unlike I have. Yeah. So, because um, you yeah, don't cover it. Um, it's very pricey. But uh, no, I mean, basically, what I think people would understand is you're covered for everything at this basic, you know, the younger you are, the less. You pay a hundred dollars a month at the most for anything because right. there are some little bits that you have to pay for with Medicare. But if you want extra, like if you're older and and wealthier, and you say, "Hey, I'm in the hospital. I don't want to share a room with five people." Mm -hmm. Okay. Boom, you've got a private room. Yeah. And you know, I'm not really on board with Pete Buttigieg. I'm not on board with any of the Democrats just yet. I'm I'm still undecided, still making up my mind on all of that. But the fact is that I, I like his idea for Medicare for all who want it. And that makes perfect sense to me to give people that option and then to allow the public option, the public side of Medicare for all to put the other private insurers out of business. I mean, if, exactly. if, the, if the insurance is that great and people are going to love it so much, then the private insurers will slowly dwindle over time automatically. There's no need to freak people out by saying, oh, yeah, we're going to do it artificially. We're going to do it legislatively, right. eliminating all these and private And let the insurers. market decide. It's so libertarian. Right. Right. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, libertarian should be all over this. I'm... Uh, I guess I'm a libertarian on this. No, I'm, I'm certainly Who knew? Not, not in oh, any God, way. No. Medicare for all is in no way libertarian. Neither is the public option. Neither is the ACA. But I mean, that's that's the argument. Like, hey, yeah. if, if the if the public option is better, let the market decide. Right. Absolutely. 100%. Okay, so a uh, couple last things on uh, Tuesday night. Uh, Jim Acosta tweeted this, which I thought was uh, fascinating uh, from a source. He said, on last night's results, source who regularly talks to Trump, quote, Totally bad. Kentucky and Virginia signal to GOP they are underestimating voter intensity against Trump, and it could be terrible for them next year, the source said. Bad omen for impeachment, the source added. So I like, uh, like the sound of that. I like the sound of that news. Um, meanwhile, that woman who flipped off Trump while she was riding her bike. Ah, yay! Riding her bike past the uh, National motor hero. Game. Yeah, she actually won her election. Uh, I think her name is Julie Briskman or Briskman. Briskman, Brisk one, of my, one of my favorites. She has a cave. Yes, a, one a of my... cape, and it's Briskman. <laughs> one of my favorite superheroes of all time. I love those comic books, uh, the Briskman comics. What's his superpower? Yeah, yeah. Her superpower is flipping off the president. She, the, uh, superpowers, okay. the superpowers, she makes everyone just a little bit chilly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Brisk. Get it? Brisk. 
Uh, yeah, no, that's what I was thinking. Like, Brisk Man can drop the temperature at 20 degrees on command. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but or you're walk never... walk really fast. But you're never quite cold. You're just almost cold. <laughs> that's the problem. Julie Briskman won a seat on the Loudoun County Board of Supervisors, beating the incumbent Republican in her district with 99% of the precincts reporting the results. She captured 52.4% of the vote. And, Woo-hoo! of course, we have to mention a uh, special congratulations to our friend Carl Frisch. Yay, Carl! Yay, Carl! Not only winning, but winning with like 62% of the goddamn vote. And, uh, boy, I-, I swear to God, I hope more people do what Carl Frisch did. And you know what? You can find Carl Frisch. You can get advice from him in terms of how he did it, the process that he used. I can tell you this. I've never seen a a local politician do more door knocking than Carl Frisch has been doing over the past few months. It is quite amazing to watch. And I'm so happy for him. And I'm happy for Fairfax County Schools, who will certainly benefit from that. And I'm looking forward to uh, this victory by Carl Frisch to be his first of many. I would like to see uh, eventually Congressman Carl Frisch. I sound like uh, Vito Corleone in, in The Godfather. <laughs> Senator Carl Frisch. President Carl Frisch. But okay, so speaking of people running for things, Jeff Sessions is running again for Senate. Ugh. Blech. Yeah, but this is really? going to be fun, and I'll tell you why. Because Donald Trump is opposed to this. Because there's no way they can put the Trump taint on Jeff Sessions. Because first of all, he's already got it. But second of all, Jeff Sessions doesn't like Trump. Trump doesn't like Jeff Sessions. So this is going to be almost like Sessions emerging as a never Trump kind of candidate, which right. is which is strange. Um, Where is he? He's running in Alabama. Why doesn't he just retire? He's so I mean, I know God, he's like lied to Congress in front of God and everybody. All his opponent has to do is play that audio or video from his congressional testimony where he says he doesn't recall meeting with any Russians and he <laughs> say yeah. that there were 32 meetings with Russia. That's a lot to forget. That's the end of his campaign. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I just, I don't understand why or what he thinks he's, <laughs> yeah. I really hate Jeff Sessions. He's one of those people, I think we've talked about this before, he just makes, I get a visceral kind of revulsion yeah. every time I see him. Like, I just want to, like, I don't know, run and hide or attack him or, ugh. Well, three sources familiar with the plan said the announcement is going to be tonight on Fox News. I guess Sessions is going to go on Fox News and announce his candidacy tonight, uh, and he's going to be running against, I guess, Doug Jones. He's going to be looking for that seat. Uh, Sessions is hired on message as his consulting firm for the campaign. According to two sources, on message did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Rick Dearborn, former top aide to Sessions, declined to comment on whether his former boss would announce a bid in the coming days. Uh, yeah, this should be fascinating. Despite the turbulent relationship with Trump, Sessions has remained popular in Alabama, a state Trump won with 62% of the vote in 2016. Sessions would be joining a crowded primary field that includes uh, Bradley Byrne, a former Auburn University football coach named Tommy Tuberville. <laughs> That's, oh, I, I love that, that name. That name is hilarious to me for some reason. It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> As someone so who lives here, just, you know, a couple miles from Tuberville. Um, yeah, just up the just up the holler from uh, Incest <laughs> <laughs> Creek. <laughs> Um, yeah. Um. Is, there, is there a place called Tuberville in Alabama? No, I don't okay. think so. I mean, but you never know. Um, I yeah. bet there is a place called Tuberville. It just sounds right. Uh, the 2017 GOP I, nominee who lost to Senator Doug Jones, uh, Roy Moore, is uh, probably also mm, going to uh, jump in. Kitty toucher. Yeah. Primary, yeah. primary slated for March 3rd. Some Republicans, including his potential opponents, are not keen on the sessions launching a, a bid to return to the Senate. I think it would be a mistake. For real, we've got like a Russian collaborator, a child molester, like a former football coach who probably, I mean, what else? Come on, Alabama. And I'm just, I'm looking forward to Donald Trump shitting his big boy pants every time Sessions emerges with something or uh, Trump has to go down and endorse a candidate. You know, it's just going to be fun. It's going to be fun to observe all of that. Okay, let's let's change gears here. Talk about this for a second. Quick recap of the big contest underway on our Patreon page. In case you're just joining us, we're doing this big contest where the thousandth subscriber at bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash bobseskashow is going to get to co-host an entire show with me. Oh boy, 
You'll get the chance to rant about Trump or whatever's on your mind to tens of thousands of listeners, hopefully. Again, that subscriber number 1,000 is going to get to co-host this podcast for one exciting episode. I'm not making this up. This is real. On top of that, if you subscribe for $5 per month or more, you'll get all kinds of bonus content, including the Postmortem Show. And if you're on board for $10 a month, you get the Postmortem Show and the Friday After Party. And by the way, I'm not going to be announcing whether there's a winner until January 1, 2020. So when you get a chance, make sure to stop by our Patreon page at bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash bobseskashow. Sign up for at least $1 per month. You're hardly going to miss it, and you'll be supporting the show in the best way possible. Don't forget to tell all your friends to. Again, that's bobseskashow.com or just click the all-caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. Thank you in advance for all of that. The Bob Seska Show. Seska Show. There's a band called Option Y, brand new to the show. Just received this submission the other day. Song called Live Not on Evil. And it's from their uh, their latest album, their 2019 album called uh, Step on No Pets. <laughs> That's the name of the album. Yes. Again, it's option Y. Are those palindromes? Those are palindromes, aren't they? I like think they're so. the same backwards as forwards? Yeah, Evil on Not Live. That's the backward one. Um, uh. Oh, wait. Live, no, live, no, not, no. Yeah, you're right. They are palindromes. I'm just now noticing that. Boy, I'm quick on the uptake today, aren't I? Uh, yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, step on no pets, also a palindrome. Well, I find yep. this fascinating. I love palindromes. I've never been able to make one, but they're cool. Yeah, super duper clever. Just Speaking like this- cool, I want to say something very quickly. Okay. The people who keep coming to me, like the people who are like subscribing to the pod, my podcast or friending me on Facebook, that yeah. are mutual friends or coming from your group of fans and listeners, Bob, are the nicest, kindest people. It's insane. Like I will be going oh, through something and I'll say it's just like, you know, I'm like having hay fever or something and people will <laughs> message me like, I'm so sorry you're not feeling well. I'm like, you're so kind. Like it's Aww. just very like, it's very... Um, yeah, you, you you draw a really good crowd. Like, yeah, well, you know I'll, what? I'll open for you anytime. Well, I got to tell um, you, it's it's not necessarily just me. It's first of all, it's all five of us: uh, Buzz, you guys, Kimberly Johnson, the whole cast of characters on the show. And and but that's only comprising, I think, half of why you're seeing what you're seeing with our listeners. Because I think the other half of the the equation is Stephanie Miller. And the Stephanie mm. Miller yes. universe and all of her listeners who are some of the most loyal, dedicated, wonderful people in the world. In fact, I just uh, over this past weekend, I drove down to uh, Rockville and spent some time with uh, Sue and Peter Sue? Cohen. Sue and Rockville. I love Sue and Peter. They're, They're the so best. Sweet. Oh, my God. I got to uh, hang out with them Don't at their bookstore. Don't go back to Rockville. Oh, sorry. <laughs> they have the most amazing bookstore. Oh, my God. Really? Bren, I think it's the website is Bren Books. Bren, books. Yeah. Bren with a hyphen in there. It's Bren-Books.com. And uh, they have this collection. I mean, it's a priceless collection of uh, autographed first editions, by autographed by the authors, of course. Um, wouldn't it be funny if they had a bunch of first editions that just Sue and Peter autographed? That would be uh, I think that would oh, be no, better. I used to do that, actually. I would, <laughs> would go to better. parties and I would like yeah. pull somebody's copy of like, you know, As I Lay Dying, <laughs> like off the yeah. shelf. Oh, my God. And write like, you know, um, you know. To Karen, like, you know, with all my love, William Faulkner or something, you know, and just put it back on the shelf. Oh, I thought you were going to say you signed it, David Ferguson. Like, you signed yeah, it. No, no, yeah, you signed, signed it as the author. That's even better. Still, that's just as good. That's funny. I got to start that's doing funny. that myself. That's funny. Okay, you know what else is funny? Speaking of books, <laughs> Mark Halpern. This, this Don't guy, do this, people. 
Sorry, go on. Don't try this at home. But yeah, I do want to yeah. say thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you uh, to uh, the, all the listeners that came in from the Stephanie Miller show. Thank you to all of our regulars who have been here forever. And of course, thank you to all of my uh, amazing uh, co-hosts, my our, our little merry band of of uh, misfits and, and weirdos here on the show. And I, <laughs> I, I certainly include myself as the king misfit, the king weirdo in the entire this- perso- proceedings. King <laughs> dick of Prick Mountain. Thank you. Perfect. <laughs> I agree. Uh, it's weird, though. It's almost like they have a sixth sense, because I'm, like, I'm going through some stuff right now with my family and yeah. my mom's estate that I don't really want to go too deeply into. Um, oh, yeah, that's I've been rough. getting all this, like, these little back notes, these, these notes of messages of support from people, just like, remember that you're loved. And I'm like... How did you even know that I need? You know, I, yeah. I needed that today. It's weird. Yeah, whenever I get a response, we're all connected, dude. It's all like you know, metaphysical. I'm connected. You know, on February four of next year, February four, twenty twenty, it's going to be the tenth anniversary of this show, uh, the beginning of this show. Wow! And so oh, wow. it started out as the Bob and Elvis show, and that became the Bob and Chez show when Elvis left, and then we lost Chez, and that's when it became the Bob Seska show. So we've had three different names for the show, uh, blasting through co-hosts like Spinal Tap drummers. Good luck, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was bass players. Sorry. Oh, I've no, had that way was more my co-hosts. Band. Sorry, that was. <laughs> Yeah. Bob, I beat you on co-hosts. Oh, well, how many co-hosts have you had, Jody? Oh, boy. Uh, let me see it start. <laughs> you can just I'm make coming up a up number. On, I could. Um, I'm coming up on 11 years. Only two names, but yeah. 11 years. Uh, so Sean, then Sean and Rick, and uh-huh. then Rick, and then Rick and Nick, and then Rick, Nick, and David, and now Sean and David and me. So I think I'm, I'm ahead of you a little bit. Yeah, you've totally beaten me. Like one. That's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, throughout the history of the show, it's still, I've been doing this for almost 10 years, it still amazes me when someone hears a piece of something that we've been talking about on the show and then actually comments about it. I'm still blown mm-hmm. away by the fact that people comment about the things that we discuss on this show. It's just such a, a, a fun thing to see, and it's such a gratifying thing to, to see when people are actually engaging with the things that we're talking yeah. about. I love, love to see that, whether it's on Facebook or Patreon or on Twitter or wherever. Um, uh, but going back that's to actually what I miss about being on the radio here. Oh in my yeah, town. that the phone calls. Like, yeah, that's well, what like I once time there, the, there was like a huge storm and there were it's power outages and then I reminded everyone, you know, the Athens Clark County Police Department would like to remind you that tra- intersections where a traffic light is inoperative should be treated as a four way stop. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Not everybody knew that, but so and I, people were calling me and going, "I had no, I, I didn't know that." Like that's really important. Thanks, David. You know, and it was just like I'm part of the community. Yeah. You know, like. It's mind blowing. Uh, it's one of my favorite things. Uh, is seeing it the seems like magic here. still. Yeah, I'm I know. Like sitting I here know. speaking into this microphone, and thousands of people are hearing it. And well, now yeah. that we've uh, put some love out there, we're gonna make fun of Mark Halpern for a second because <laughs> womp womp, Mark Halpern's book only sold 502 copies in its first week. For <laughs> <laughs> Mark. Oh no. What? Yeah, I, I know. What was but this one? Terrible for him. I know. Um, this is yeah. Five hundred and two this... copies is like. I mean, that's like his entire like senior class. Like, I mean, I know grandparents and cousins and yeah. Go, what's the title? It's called How to Beat Trump, and it sold just five hundred two copies in the, in its first week. The numbers were reported Wednesday by NPD BookScan, which tracks around eighty five percent of print sales. It was published on October 29th by Regan Arts. How to Beat Trump compiles comments from such Democratic strategists. Oh, my God. Hang on to your socks and pull. Donna Brazil, David Axelrod, and James Carville. Always the best oh, people God. to hear from. Yeah, unless your book... How to beat Trump is categorized by like golf club, cricket bat, baseball bat. I don't care. I don't want to read it. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, my God, if it's got advice from Donna Brazil and James Car- yeah. James Carville, well, well, maybe the next Democratic nominee uh, in 2020. I'm amazed that people weren't like camped out at the bookstore like a Harry Potter release for that one. Yeah, well, what this guarantees Ugh, is the, get- this this guarantees the Democrats will lose an election in 2004. <laughs> this is going <laughs> to. Yeah. Make sure with all of that great sage advice from Donna Brazil and James Carville, who have stopped being relevant, who stopped being relevant, I think, 
probably around the 2004 election, if I have to uh, put a date to it. Uh, meanwhile, the greatest minds of 30 years ago. <laughs> meanwhile, I love. I also love this story too. Fox News botched this uh, article, this news piece about Barack Obama and uh, PC meetings that were taking place in the White House. And, okay, so the headline says, CIA staff complained about Obama White House new book claims. And here's the correction. This is the correction that's it, actually I'm, I'm amazed that Fox News posted this correction. But of course, the lie version of it has already circulated the earth a couple of times. But it says here at the top editor's note, an earlier version of this story accurately quoted the book as describing PC as standing for politically correct, meaning that these uh, CIA staffers were pissed off that they had to attend meetings about PC uh, issues. Right. Uh, in characterizing PC standing for politically correct and characterizing certain Obama administration meetings. The author has since informed Fox News this was due to a misunderstanding between him and his source and that the initials referred to Principles Committee. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God is right. Jesus, another womp womp. Womp womp. Uh, These fucking idiots. The thing that people freak out, the thing that, like, PC is only a thing yeah. with that closed set. Right. Right. Like the terrarium of Fox. <laughs> Nobody cares about it but them. Like, yeah. but to, and to them, it's everything. But like, it, it means nothing in the outside. Like, yeah. It, yeah. Uh, well, this is this is the same problem. There was that. Oh God, there was a book by. I want to say like, I, I, oh Naomi Wolf. I think is uh, the author who released the book in which she got like the central thesis of her book, one key fact, completely and totally wrong, <laughs> and was humiliated on some British radio talk show when they corrected what she had written. And the book had already been out and published. Well, it seems like it's another case of that again with this book, where the author of the book is like whining about the CIA officials complaining about having to attend political correctness meetings in the White House turns out it's actually principles committee meetings which are act, which are required and necessary right <laughs> these stupid fucking idiots at Fox News Channel okay uh, one of the greatest things and Naomi Klein is like I'm so glad Naomi Wolf lost her mind because people can tell <laughs> us apart now <laughs> I was so glad that I said I grabbed Naomi Wolf out of my head and not Naomi Klein. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Naomi Klein is actually really smart and a really good writer and uh, is terrifying. Uh, her dystopian. Yes, it is trip. terrifying. The Shock Doctrine is like a, a must read yes. volume if you uh, are looking for something to read like over the holidays or something like that. Pick up a whole copy of yeah, The Shock Doctrine. Just terrify yourself doctrine. over the holidays, why don't you? Yeah, no, wait, exactly. If you haven't read not? Rachel Maddow's book, you need, to read, you need to read Blowout. You really do. That's I'm her new book. You, and it's so it's so fun. You really think it's gonna be it's you think it's gonna be like eating Brussels sprouts, but it is totally like a flight. Well, she is and, and a you genius. Start reading, it picks you up, and it carries you all the way to the last page. It's such an adventure. And like I tell you, I was like getting out of bed extra early in the morning so I could read. You know, um, I am uh, no one's disciple, but if Rachel Maddow ever decided to run for anything, uh, I would be all on board with that. Because I think Me she too. is a she is an utter genius. She is a, a national treasure, and I'm not I'm not saying I think that she's smart enough not to run for anything. <laughs> yeah, I think um, it's it would destroy. I think it would destroy her will to live to actually be in that process. But yeah, I, I, if she did, if she decided to go down that road, I'd be on top of that campaign. I'd be right behind you. I feel kind of the same yeah. way about Dolly Parton. Like if Dolly Parton had a cult, <laughs> yeah. I would join it. Right. Like they'd be like, you know, put on this caftan, this big blonde bubble wig, and go work the fields and i'll be like okay you know um right, right. is dolly coming can i meet her today like you know she's just there, there's a radio lab series dolly parton's america that if you need some optimism if you need to like have like a happy lump in your throat about america listen to it i've listened to the first few episodes it's amazing oh dolly wow. parton is just an amazing person politically musically um, she's smart just, like, as fuck. She is like a she's a, a, like a business wizard. I mean, she should be. Yes, she is running master classes on. If you're a musician, this is how you run your your business as a musician. Or you run your band, you run your music enterprise this way, and you take it from her because she's really uh, wise when it comes to that stuff. Like she, what does she hold you know, on? She's had her ups and downs though because I mean, she talks about there was a period of time like in the early '80s or mid '80s when she was really depressed and was like suicidal, huh. like at the height yeah. of her success. You wow. know. Um, and you're just like, wow, if that can happen to her, yeah. 
you know, then maybe it's not so bad that I got crazy depressed after my heart attack. You know? Yeah, like, just, yeah. Like, well, she's very inspiring sort of, that way, yeah. I just think she's wonderful. Like I said, if they had the cult, <laughs> I would join. I would just be like, I'll sign right here, you know. All right. Well, changing gears one more time. We're going to talk about Bill Barr and Donald Trump here in just a second. Uh, right after, <laughs> right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska! This has been sitting in my inbox forever. This is a group called Barker and Broski and a song called Old Man in the Mirror. And they contacted me way back in March, and I'm just now getting around to, to playing their music here on the show. But I'm, I'm glad I'm finally doing it. Woke up this morning, grabbed some breakfast and tea. Looked in the mirror and yeah. said, Link in the description for more of Barker and Broski. That oh, sounds so good. You know, yeah. it, this may surprise you, but like, one of the hardest things to do in the studio is to get acoustic instruments to sound good. And you know, because, I'm fairly certain this is a live recording. At least I, I, oh, I, wow. I, I pulled this from the music video on YouTube, and and it's a live recording, or it looks like it's played live and in, in front of an audience. So I'm not sure exactly. Maybe Barker and or Broski can clarify that for me, but. Link in the description. You can You'd be amazed how much work it takes to make natural things sound natural. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh my god. Okay. Well, moving <laughs> along here. Um, what are you, you going to say? Something else? Well, it just takes us back to Dolly Parton's line from uh, whatever that movie was, Steel Magnolias, where she says, "There's no such thing as natural beauty." <laughs> That's right. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Takes her three hours to look like that. Mm-hmm. Takes right. a lot of money to look this trashy. Is what it she does. Says. She, she looks like city trash like that. You know, speaking of that, uh, Kimberly and I got off again on another evening rant where we were just going. We, we kind of do these shows. We do podcasts without recording ourselves every damn evening where we just start talking. <laughs> and one of the things we were talking about the other night is we were trying to recreate Donald Trump's hair um, using Kimberly's hair. Not like with the hairspray and everything, but we were just, we <laughs> right. were trying to, we were debating over where we think the hair is and where we think the hair is not. And, well, some uh, is woven in. You know that, right? Yeah. Like well, the synthetic fibers in there. Yeah, well, he's got. he's certainly got the big strip of hair plugs that go across the normal front of the hair um, that he had pulled from the back of his hair, you know, ripped off in a big strip and then stuck into the front. But the thing that I was thinking about in the, in the process of having this conversation about his hair is the fact that he's got to grow the hair really long on the sides and in the front in order to cover mm-hmm. up the bald area in the middle and right. go all the way back to the back of his neck. And I can only imagine what Donald Trump looks like soaking wet right out of the shower. Looking it like- touches it's it's so far down like it's behind his knees. <laughs> yeah, long. yeah, right, right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's gotta be five feet long the way it's got yeah. that swirl there on the top. Uh-huh. And I, I just kept thinking of Gollum. He just looks like fat Gollum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Like pale, mm. like pinkish pale with that hair wet and hanging all down, no makeup. It, the, the reason I thought of this is 
the process that he has to go through every morning to make himself presentable to the world the between the hair uh the makeup and the oversized suits that cover up all kinds of different things he's got the broader shoulders on the suit jackets because he's got little narrow shoulders which you can kind of see poking up through the uh, shoulder pads on the suit. And, you know, it's just like, uh, these are things that How I think about. How does he do about. that to clothes? It's appalling. I don't know. I, mean, just I don't like, know. He could take perfectly normal human clothes and make them look like a clown suit. It's crazy. <laughs> I don't like, That's right. That's what's just uh, amazing. It's just, it's, it continues. And these guys are got, supposedly got so much money. Same thing with Manafort. Yeah. And Giuliani. They all look like they got dressed with a pitchfork. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like somebody... And it, too funny. Too and, funny. Uh, it's just, uh, I you know. know, if you had all the money and no taste in the world, and just it hurts. <laughs> it hurts sometimes, my little gay heart. So just to look uh, at them. I know it's it's painful. It was one of those things that uh, Chaz was obsessed with too. Is how Donald Trump, even though he's a billionaire, can't get a decent tailored suit to, to save his. He's life. because the gays, the gays don't right like him. Now. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, yeah. He's never even been close to being a billionaire. I know. I agree. I know. I know. Well, he claims to be one, and I'm just operating right. from that context. Maybe that's why all of his suits suck because he doesn't have any money to buy suits. But uh, see, he also he wanted- rips off his tailors as well as everyone else. I know. You know, lawyer, tailor, doctor. Yeah. Why pay bills? The fact that so many people are putting their reputations on the line to circle wagons around this guy will always, always, always stagger me. Okay, one of those people is Bill Barr. And uh, apparently Trump wanted Bill Barr to make a statement about the stupid DNC conspiracy theory, and, and Barr refused to go along with the little plan. <laughs> he finally found his gag reflex. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> That's so funny. Yes, exactly. Uh, President Trump wanted uh, Bill Barr to hold a news conference declaring that the commander-in-chief had broken no laws during a phone call in which he uh, pressed his Ukrainian counterpart to investigate a political rival. And uh, I'm just now realizing, and I'm OCD about this, but we got to do this first. If you have any doubt, it's gonna take him out, Ukraine. I was napping there for a second. Um... So he wanted uh, Barr to have a news conference declaring that the commander-in-chief had broken no laws during a phone call in which he pressed blah, 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 Zelensky and et cetera. See, I think Barr could go to jail for that, technically. <laughs> if he's like, couldn't he? Like, if he's making a public statement as a representative of the U.S. government? Yeah, um, well, they... Isn't that a crime? I, I, I don't know if it's a crime, but I do know that... I don't see reason, any reason why he wouldn't say anything, because... This is about uh, the fact that the Justice Department decided not to pursue criminal charges based on the complaints coming out of the State Department and coming out of the White House, coming out of the National Security Council, etc. Because, I mean, there were reports made to the, I mean, referrals made to the Justice Department, which Bill Barr went, "Uh uh-uh, no, he's unitary executive theory, he's immune from everything. Uh, The request from Trump traveled from the president to other White House officials and eventually to the Justice Department. The president has mentioned Barr's demural to associates in recent recent weeks, saying he wished Barr would have held the news conference, Trump advisors say. Uh, And now Trump is freaking out about it. He he called, of all people, he referred to Carol Lennig as as a lowlife today on Twitter in response to this story. Carol Lenning was one of the three reporters who reported this initially in the Washington Post. And Carol Lenning is also seemingly, at least on when we see her on the Rachel Maddow show and on, and on the other MSNBC shows, she seems like someone's mom, like the nicest mom. Like she, you would go over to her house afterwards. She'd be the cool mom with the cookies and soda pop and everything. And I kind of want to go to the beach with Carol Lenning. <laughs> to me, she seems like she should be like... You know, like floating at the hotel pool with a Mai Tai, like getting some sun. Yeah. You know, well, it's like, uh, like I was thinking, like in terms of Halloween, she'd be the mom who yeah. would have the full size candy the bars. The full size candy bars, yeah. 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 It seems like a no brainer. In fact, uh, Kimberly and I fantasize that Carol Lenning is actually uh, Robert Costa's mom. She's actually M- <laughs> Muggsy, Muggsy's mom. Okay, well, you know, um, Eli Stokels from the LA Times? Yes. Yes, he's like totally like Rolf the dog to me. Like I, 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 <laughs> he does it, it, in of... my imagination, he can like play the piano like honky tonk style with a cigarette <laughs> hanging out of the corner of his mouth. You know. Oh my god, that's um, so perfect. He is. He is like Rolf. Oh, the dog. I, he's such a bear. I have such a crush on him. Like yeah. 
But I mean, Carol Lennig, I mean, of all people, she should be the one doing, and, and she has been. She's had some uh, some of the biggest scoops that we've seen in the last three years. She's so even keeled. She's just the right person to be pursuing Donald Trump. There's no one that he won't smear. I mean, nobody. Of course not. No. From the, I mean, he smeared the Pope, for God's sake. <laughs> he smeared the Pope. <laughs> he did. Jesus. You remember? Yeah. Like, <laughs> smeared the, uh, the Khan family. Smeared uh, John McCain's military yeah, service. He's got uh, no moral compass. With no, regards to no. that, it's just it's it's like me, if you're for me or against me, period. Yeah. And if well, you're against him, you're a low life and crazy and yeah. scum. Right. Well, meanwhile, a uh, similar situation. Intelligence officials wanted uh, CIA director Gina Haspel. So this is like almost it seems to me as if it might even be the response to what t- Trump was trying to do with Bill Barr. Well, the intelligence community wanted Gina Haspel to step forward uh, to weigh in on the whistleblower whose complaint is now at the center of the House impeachment inquiry. Uh, and they're referring to the whistleblower as the CIA whistleblower, uh, confirming that, uh, I, I guess we already knew that. Uh, I should take that I back. I think we knew that, yeah. yeah. I, I don't think, think I knew, knew that. that. Yeah, because yeah. of how the, the chain of command was, it was through the CIA or something. Mm. Yeah. Right. Okay. She, she so far has avoided making any statements about the whistleblower or the complaint, as has uh, DNI Joseph McGuire. Former CIA director John Brennan called on leaders in the intelligence community to push back both publicly and privately against attempts by GOP lawmakers and Trump officials to unmask and punish the whistleblower. Current U.S. intelligence officials, so they, have, they have taken steps to protect the identity of the whistleblower, but they have not indicated whether Haspel or McGuire have urged Trump behind the scenes to stop encouraging efforts to out him. But Donald Trump Jr. did it anyway. Yep. Uh, which I'm wondering uh, if Donald Trump Jr. could be prosecuted for that. Well, I can give you the uh, statute number if you would like. Okay. Because, um, <laughs> you know, that would be degree. me. Uh, do you really have it? Uh, I do. It's the, Whistle Protection, <laughs> the Whistleblower Protection Act of 1989, 5 USC 2302-PUB.L.101-12. Wow, wow. <laughs> and that is the that is the case that is the law that is the statute that he broke. Very impressive. Dong dong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just had to post it for a friend of mine. That's why I had it handy. Yeah. I'm so honored to be a fellow goth ninja. <laughs> See, you got to up your game, T Rex. You got to come up with. Uh, I know. I've got to be. You more just got to watch a lot of Law and Order. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's easy. Uh, you, you, the remembering is hard. That's the hard part. <laughs> that's the hard part. At least it's the hard part for me. Uh, Ukrainian American businessman Lev Parnas, meanwhile, one of uh, the various Batman villains surrounding Donald Trump. I don't think they're even qualified to be Batman villains. Quite honestly, I they're think not they're that smart. They're too incompetent. For- they're Austin Powers victims. Yeah, I know. There you go. Right. V- villains, not victims. <laughs> yes, villains. They Austin all work. Powers villains. Yeah, perfect. I think that's a much better way to put it. Uh, Ukrainian businessman and, and uh, Austin Powers villain. Lev Parnas received uh, half a million dollars from Long Island attorney so he could pay Rudy Giuliani to help pressure Ukrainian governments to launch investigations into Trump's political opponents. Boy, I'm, I'm already tired reading that sentence. That's a long fucking mm-hmm. sentence with a lot of detail in it. Charles. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. The guy's name is Charles Gucciardo. A Republic- <laughs> what? I know. See, look, I'm Italian and I'm laughing at this guy's name because seems like right in keeping with everything else. Seems like this guy's 100% mafia. Charles Gucciardo, a Republican donor and Trump supporter, gave the money to Lev Parnas as part of a deal that would make Gucciardo an investor in Parnas's company. Fraud guarantee. <laughs> I know. I love the name it's of that amazing. company. I know. Parnas then gave the money to Giuliani's firm in October 2018, which cemented the relationship between Parnas and Giuliani. Giuliani and Parnas would then go on to become a critical part of the campaign to pressure Zelensky, of course, with the extortion regarding Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, and the 2016 election. Parnas's company, fraud guarantee, was (laughs) presented as a bulwark against the risk of being defrauded, but the company never had any official customers, (laughs) and Giuliani never engaged in any public marketing for it. Giuliani is currently under federal investigation. Probably, I I, I mean, when is he going to be indicted? For God's sake, why are they screwing around on here? He's so clearly part of this cabal, this criminal enterprise, this plot. I don't understand why he hasn't been indicted yet. Do they not have? Do you think they not have? They don't have the goods on him yet. I think he just keeps making more evidence. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. <laughs> he's, maybe like, they, he's more useful just out at large, right? 
Mm-hmm. That could be it, too. Um, yeah. me- meanwhile, the House is going to begin public impeachment hearings Woo! next week. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's going to dovetail nicely with testimony in the Roger Stone trial. <laughs> yeah, holy shit. Yeah. Uh, the prosecutor in the Roger Stone trial basically announced that he would be trying the Mueller investigation. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was just like, this is what happened, and yeah. you know, here we go. So it just, it's all kind of... There's sort of a synergism coming together. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like it's, everything's it's kind of yeah. When with the Roger Stone trial, it's shaping up to be like the OJ trial because it's like this. Mm-hmm. It's completely chaotic. Uh, the gaggle of freaks and weirdos showing up. I mean, there's a bunch of proud boys there. There was some mysterious man in a hat and a trench coat who had a seizure. Uh, Roger Stone <laughs> himself had to dash out of the courtroom. Uh, into the bathroom for some reason where he just stood around inside one of the bathroom stalls. Everything is fucking screwy there. And meanwhile, we found out that... His Rod- head is very strangely shaped. Yes. <laughs> have you noticed this? Yes, I have. I Of course, T-Rex, I watched I have his, noticed. his walk into the courtroom and I was just like, is he a hyena? Yeah. Like, what on earth is going on with the shape of his head? Right, when he, like, when he headbutts someone, it makes this noise. Because it's like a, it's like just, it doesn't headbutt you, it just pokes you. (laughs) It's Roger Stone's head. Uh, But he lied to Congress, we found that out this week too, about his efforts to contact WikiLeaks during the 2016 campaign because, quote, the truth looked bad for Donald Trump. A federal prosecutor said in his opening statement at Stone's trial, uh, the prosecutor's last name is Zelensky, which is I know, that's weird. Perfection. Makes it I guess there are a few things as awful in the world, though. It's a split screen of, of Credic, Randy Credico and Jerome Corsi. It's just like, <laughs> it's like the two saddest alcoholic birthday clowns in the world. Oh, my God, like, yeah. They're, they're just, ugh. Yeah, but you know what? Credico You're, is just like visibly sweaty. Like he's like visibly moist all the time. It's, <laughs> visibly moist Credico, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I think the best description of those guys are uh, Austin Powers villains. You're absolutely yeah. <laughs> right. Who does number two work for? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah. it's kind of impressive that, and kind of indicative of Donald Trump's incompetence that he would choose such yeah. morons. Um, it's, let's, but it's so, it's so pathetic that these are people that are purportedly governing us right now. You know, yeah, well, now if you want to make it really scary, yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, it is true. <laughs> and we're kind of screwed. I mean, it's, it's hilarious until the missiles launch. It's just, you know, I just, ugh. Well, that goes along with the, the poll uh, number here, the, the pollgasm I was going to mention on the show today. 56% of voters expect Trump to be reelected next year. That's 85% uh, of Republicans, 51% of independents, and 35% of Democrats. Now, I think is, it's more of a fear. I think that's more yeah, of a fear thing. Right, they're right. worried he's going to be elected versus he will. So that's good. They're not happy. Yeah. Well, that, I guess that's true. I guess that's a positive thing. I guess that's indicative of, of what you're saying. Don't get happy. Um, right. It's it's, it's oh, fascinating God, to me. A second term would be a catastrophe. It would. Yeah. I agree. It can't. It can't happen. He must it lose. It, it it's not a matter of if or when Donald Trump will, will win. It is a matter of... He can't. He, he just can't. He, cannot. he simply can't. He cannot. He cannot. He so cannot. we all have to do everything we can, of course, uh, within the boundaries of the law. No voting multiple times. Unless you oh, can get away it. with it. Yeah, I know. Except for T-Rex. Vote as often as you want in Georgia. Um, but you know, we just have to do everything we can. If you can volunteer, if you can canvas, go do that too. The main thing is just get it, keeping the energy up, keeping the word up, making sure people don't get discouraged and... And uh, misinformed. I think that's going to be the main thing. There's going to be a lot of misinformation. Yeah. Uh, if if twenty malinformation. There's going to be malinformed. It'll be malinformed, yep. not just misinformed, but malinformed. Okay. Well, the from the bunker podcast is found at from the bunker dot com and also at sexyliberal.com along with all of the rest of the sexy liberal podcast network lineup. And you can listen to T Rex's podcast at patreon.com slash the T Rex Report. Make sure to support that too. All right, lots of more conversation happening on our post-mortem show. As soon as this music is done, we just keep on talking, and then we post the results on our Patreon page at bobseskashow.com. So if you want to be in the know, if you want to be caught up to speed with everything we're talking about, go to our Patreon page. See you over there, folks. Bye-bye. 
Hey, this is Lee Papa, host of AGD Podcast with the Rude Pundit. If you enjoyed this episode, you'll love my show, where every week I talk about politics and interview funny, fascinating, and filthy people. Find it at sexyliberal.com and on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere else you get your podcasts.